Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where 21st century educators come to share, learn, and be inspired. We believe in the growth mindset, creativity, communication, critical thinking, collaboration, and strategic uses of education technology. Our mission is to share news and views from teachers who are crushing it in the classroom and making a difference for learners everywhere. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's jump into today's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Samantha Fesich. Sam is a former special education teacher and now a professor at Grove City College in Pennsylvania. She's also a mom, ed tech innovator, and most recently, the author of Edu Magic, a guide for pre-service teachers. Dr. Sam Fesich, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? Hi, Tim. Thanks so much for having me on. Yes, of course, I'm always ready to talk education. So let's get this party started. Yes. Why don't you start, <laughs> Dr. Sam, by telling us a little bit more about your current context in education? Sure. So I'm a professor of education at Grove City College in Grove City, Pennsylvania, which is a little north of Pittsburgh um, and south of Erie. Uh, I teach pre-service teachers all the way from freshmen to seniors about educational technology um, and how to integrate it meaningfully into the classroom. And then I also teach coursework related to special education, supervised student teachers and all that jazz. And it is awesome. And I am so blessed to work with amazing pre-service teachers every single day. It is so much fun. Well, I am really excited to speak to an expert, particularly in this niche, because I don't think I've had anyone on that really makes pre-service teachers their focus. And that is a very exciting neighborhood to hang out in, I'm sure. But before we go there, we're going to start with a low moment. Tell us about some adversity that you faced in your teaching or education career and then explain how you overcame it. Sure. So I was really nervous about sharing this because, you know, not everybody likes to share their biggest failures, <laughs> nope. but I'm going to go big or go home. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so one low moment in teaching was in the summer of 2019. I recently completed my instructional tech certification. I was super pumped, flexing my muscles in instructional tech um, at the school that I was working at. I love to learn. So I thought the most logical step to keep growing and learning would be to get a PhD in special education as a former special ed teacher made a lot of sense. So I collected all those materials. I have sent in my application, felt all the feels, excitement, nervousness, and I waited, you know, to see if I got into the PhD program. And I remember that day sitting in my kitchen, you know, taking um, the letter out, my, out of the envelope and I was rejected. I didn't get in and I was just floored and shocked. Something had to be wrong. Surely there had to be something wrong <laughs> with this. Um, I even like double checked the address. Um, and then I just started doubting everything. I mean, I thought like, I'm not good enough. I couldn't get in. I'm not going to hack it. I'm the worst teacher in the world. And it, this wasn't meant to be. I felt so like just embarrassed and naive to think that I could even get into like a PhD program. So did the Lex logical step in my process. And I called my mom <laughs> and like, <laughs> so my parents were talking me through this and they were like, oh, you know, I'm expecting them to say like, it's okay, honey. Why don't you apply to another school? But you know, they didn't. Of course, my dad says like, Sammy, this isn't anything new. Like you've been knocked down before. You've got to rub some dirt on it. Okay. Okay, dad, let me do that. But my mom was more tactful. So, you know, uh, but they were right. I have got knocked down, you know, and I have failed before. And it's okay. And I survived and I'm stronger for, for that. So like I started to think, well, you know, I really like special ed, but what do I really like about it? 
And I thought about all my experiences. Well, I love seeing the kids' faces light up when they use technology to engage motivate and empower them. So like I worked in a multiple disabilities class uh, for two years and I was that teacher who pulled the smart board out of the closet and we started using it in our class. And these were students um, who were very involved, but when we used that smart board and they touched on their picture and like their favorite video clip came up, they got excited, they got engaged, you got that little sparkle behind nice. their eyes. So I was like, you know what? I think I like that. So then I started thinking, well, you know what? I would like ed tech and special ed. There's my goal. So then mm. um, seeing them get excited and engaged, I thought, you know what? I can explore this. And then I applied to get a PhD in learning design and technology. And that's where I got it. That's where it clicked. And that was, oh, it was so exciting to do research for students with special needs in the field of ed tech. It was so rewarding and so much fun. And I had no idea that I was capable of doing like research with these students and create augmented reality textbooks for them for the vocabulary to come to life. It was so much fun. Wow. And from that failure came this beautiful experience um, that I wouldn't have known if I would have just given up. What a story. And, you know, I've got a little bit of something similar in mine as well. And I love how you, you just pushed through that and you found another door. And it sounds like, uh, Sam, the door you found was actually a better fit. Would you agree? Yes, I totally agree. I totally fit through that door a lot easier than the other one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I think there's a great takeaway there, and that is just keep on trying. And, you know, maybe that's a little cliche in itself, but I think just looking for that other way, you know, and since I, I mentioned mm -hmm. it in passing, I'll just say I was rejected from a master's program and it took me six years to apply again because I was so, I don't know, I was just annoyed and disappointed. And I think to put it bluntly, that's not the growth mindset, right? We need to right, a little closer right. to your dad's approach there. <laughs> Rub the some years. dirt on yeah. it, Tim. Come on. <laughs> so, Sam, you recently published Edu Magic, which just sounds fun—a guide for pre-service teachers. Tell us about the heart and main message of this book. What can teachers and teachers in training expect to get out of it? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, this title was so much fun to dream up. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about what each thing stands for. Continue has to stand for something. Um, but basically, it challenges the thought that your real teaching career begins whenever you walk across that stage and get that diploma. It actually begins that 8 a.m. class freshman year. Um, in my, mm. my case, educational technology, that's where your teaching career begins. That's when these doors open up to connections, to learning new things, to sharing out your ideas, and becoming educators of excellence while in college is so important. So, this book guides um, pre-service teachers through that idea that becoming educators of excellence while in college with the help of some edu magic, of course. Um, and basically the heart of the book is I, I was I was taking students to conferences and I was seeing all these amazing things that they're putting out online. I'm like, you know what? Someone has to like share these things. And the, these yeah. pre-service teachers are doing amazing things. They have great ideas and strategies, techniques and tools that they're learning about. And someone needs to shine a light on that. So I was just privileged to be at that table at that time and able to just shine a light on different pre-service teachers and how they approach coursework, how they approach digital presence and just share their stories, which I think makes it very real for other uh, future educators, because I oh, yeah. call people out by name. Here's so and so, a middle level major who's studying who's studying math and science, and this is what he's doing um, in his story, in his own words. And I think that's so cool because it's relatable, it's authentic, and it's real. 
I can go through the different parts of edgy magic if you'd like. Yeah, go for it. Okay, awesome. So um, E is educate and engage. And I know we've been in classes, we can all remember back to our undergrad where we're sitting like, oh, I don't need this. I'm never going to use this. But like approaching it in a different (laughs) way. So like, maybe you're in a general ed class where like time seems like it's like going backwards. But like, what can you use from that class for your future students, whether that be a pedagogy, a technique, something you never want to do, you know, oh, I never want to do that, like that professor did. Maybe the way a professor organized um, a a discussion or something. So there's something you can take and put that in your like little teacher teacher pocket and remember those things. Um, Digital presence. Oh my gosh, digital presence is huge. And whether that be a digital portfolio um, that you create or LinkedIn or getting connected with your PLN on social media, you need to be making that positive professional presence now and start like spreading breadcrumbs mm. of awesomeness throughout the internet. So whenever you're searched, you know, cool stuff comes up. Nothing like with a red solo cup, you know, the professional stuff. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Uh so uh, you is Unite Your PLN. And in this chapter, I talk about um, a story of a former student who first, like, have you ever seen that graphic on Twitter, like the relationship of Twitter when you first start out, you're like, man, I hate this. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't get it off of Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you've, I don't know if maybe you've never seen that graphic, but I right, have right. a student who actually went through all of those emotions and I share her story. She actually like came to class and announced to the class, if you get me to like Twitter, it'll be a miracle. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so- so, you know, just having that growth mindset and now she has grown to have um, followers of administrators, authors. She's connected with so many people who's able to have, I'll share a little bit later, she was able to have a, her choice of um, job opportunities because of her connections on Twitter. Super wow. cool. College wow. graduate. Come on now. Um so that's EDU. M is megapixels. And, you know, shout out to my dad on this one. So... I'm sure every family has like different words for different things. So my family calls sprinkles or jimmies on uh, ice cream, um, megapixels. I don't know why, it's just one of those things. So sprinkles um, add, you know, a little bit of flavor, a little bit of excitement. So we talk about how we can add a little bit of excitement, maybe to some of those planned assignments or um, to lesson plans that you're doing. So so I bring out some ideas that other pre-service teachers have done just to jazz it up a bit. Um, always be, which is a and edgy magic is kind of like my always like just be a good human chapter. Like always advocate for yourself, be gracious, be thankful, uh, be mindful, those types of things. Um, Cause you don't, you want to be mindful of your time and you don't want to, I feel like in college, it's so easy to just say yes to everything, but be, be mindful in what you're doing and you know, commit to different things to make yourself grow, um, which leads into get out, which is one of my very favorite chapters, by the way, because uh, <laughs> like get out of the classroom. So like I encourage pre-service teachers, go to ed camps, go to workshops, um, go to conferences. And you know what? Like amp it up a bit and actually present at one because there's not a lot of pre-service teachers doing that. And you're going to make yourself stand out. You know, that's pretty cool. Um Inconceivable talks about how pre-service teachers have used technology in really innovative ways in their student teaching or in field experiences. Um, and like I highlight a couple of stories like with using virtual reality. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool. But my one of my other favorite chapters, there's a lot, um, is the co-ops gone virtual. And this is something that kind of evolved about five years ago. Whenever I first start, started teaching educational technology, I got some feedback, about six out of 40 students saying, ugh, this is just busy work. I'm never going to use this. So I was like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. So 
I started pairing up students with practicing teachers from around the world in their content area, and they partner with them on projects that they do for the class. So for example, if we're talking about Nearpod one week, instead of just saying, oh, let's just make a Nearpod about something like shapes, you actually contact your co-op who is teaching wherever he or she may be teaching um, in your uh, grade level or specialty area. And they're like, oh, you know what? We're learning about um, cells this week. Can you create a Nearpod about that? And then the teach the pre-service teacher goes and they create their content and they send it off to their co-op. I've found that students will submit their work to their co-op, but they won't submit it for me for a grade, which is weird. And then I have to remind them, oh, by the way, there's a grade for this. Um, it only happens like once or twice a semester. And I've also found that the quality of their work has improved drastically because it's it's for somebody else other than me. And it's for real students. It's an authentic product. Exactly. You know, and, and students tend to put a little more effort in it and take it a little bit more seriously when they know there's an authentic audience on the other end. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sam, so much of this resonates, and I, I want to dig into each of these chapters, and we don't have time to do that here, but I, I really like, I mean, after listening to all of this and thinking about your work there at Grove City, it honestly makes me want to be an undergrad again. I mean, oh, I, I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to date myself here, but you know I went to school back in the very dawn of the internet, and there definitely wasn't the kind mm -hmm. of networking and you know Twitter activity and collegiality that we see facilitated through all of the you know the social media tools that we have and all all of the opportunities that you're connecting your your students with around the country and around the world. Let's move on, Sam, and talk about what else. Thinking about education, what else excites you about education today? This could be a big picture kind of idea or something happening right there on the micro level, right there in the classrooms. So we kind of already touched on it. It's all about using Twitter to connect with teachers um, or districts or yeah, areas that they're passionate about in education. I think that having pre-service teachers get connected on social media truly opens their eyes to the power of a PLN and being a connected educator. So um, it's so important for them to see the power of Twitter, whether that be connecting to people in their class, but going beyond that state, you know, country, worldwide, and just having that impact, whether that be sharing out a cool technique you learned about, or maybe you're sharing um, a screenshot of um, a tech tool that you're using or the awesome bulletin board that you just made for the preschool. I don't care what it is, people wanna see it and they wanna see how you're learning and what you're doing in the classroom. And I just think that's so important for them to be able to share that on social media. And then also going back to digital presence, sharing that on a portfolio that is like a process, progress and product all in one. So it's all three things that's never complete. So you're always adding to it. So like I said earlier, I had a former student, um, Hannah, who went from connecting with like pre-service teachers in the class and at the college to connecting with educators and administrators, organizations, school districts. And she went from not really like liking Twitter too much to leading workshops at the college and the state level, at state level conferences about the power of PLN. So she started um, presenting that at uh, P&C. And then she also led a webinar for a Kappa Delta Pi, um, which is like an international honorary for uh, teachers, for pre-service teachers. So she led that all about the power of PLN. And I just think that's so cool to see her go from meh to this is awesome <laughs> yeah. and showing the power of that. Um, so 
whenever she was like a senior year getting ready to graduate, um, she knew that she was going to move to a different state. So she followed like that state's hashtag um, and like started connecting with teachers who were using it. And she started connecting and direct messaging teachers and going to the ed camp in that state or in that district. And then she started um, finding other teachers to connect with. And by the time she graduated, she was able to connect with educators who were able to help her um, know where the interviews are. And she was able to have her choice of job offers. Um, So she's able to have her choice from the job offers that she was given. So let me repeat that. A college graduate had her pick of jobs all from being connected. That is pretty powerful because I didn't have that. Oh, that, <laughs> that is a big, big deal. And I think some people might be out there listening and maybe not believe it, but it's true when, mm-hmm. when administrators out there get a continual sense over time of what you're all about, where your head is at, the things you're trying maybe in your practicum, they have that confidence, don't they, to say, you know, this is going to be a great addition to our team. Absolutely. Now, thinking about that person, Sam, that is a a Twitter unbeliever, what do you, I mean, what are the quick hacks? How do you sort of get those lights to turn on? Do you get them onto the hashtags? Have you got a list of people they should follow? So all those things. Um, So whenever I teach this topic in my class, I found that if I teach it, it doesn't go as well as a peer who already took the class teaches it. So I have mm-hmm. one of their peers from the previous semester come in and lead the discussion on a PLN and Twitter and how to use it. And we walk through the steps of, um, so they come to that class having created an account. And then uh, we start, you know, finding people to follow, looking through hashtags, what uh, what does it mean to have a great bio? Um, start sculpting some of that out and having that message come from a peer and language that they use every day, hearing from somebody their own age instead of me up there saying, Twitter, it's great. You should use it, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're actually hearing it from from a peer, which I think is so much more powerful. Um, I have them follow. You know, I have like, here's 50 people you should follow. I think they're awesome and you should too. Um, I have like them participate in Twitter chats. They have to do... I think this semester, it's like five throughout the semester. And I find after that first Twitter chat, yes, they're probably breathing in a paper bag because it is really fast paced, but they see the connection. That's where that light bulb turns on. It's the Twitter chats that gets them excited. Like, oh my gosh, um, a really famous author retweeted me or replied to me. I actually had a student who participated in a author's um, Twitter chat and he was sent uh, their book uh, the next week, which was so cool. Yeah. So like they see that connection is more real to them instead of like just posting, like I have them do like exit tweets at the end of the class every once in a while. And sometimes that feels like you're just like shouting into a tunnel, but like whenever they're participating in Twitter chats and getting replies and asking further questions, that's where it turns on it. And that's so cool to see. I am seriously geeking out right now because <laughs> I, I can just imagine. I mean, you've got your own hashtag, I bet, right? In your classes? Uh, yeah, we have. Well, we have a departmental hashtag oh, okay. that we use for all of our classes so we can see the connections going on, which is really cool. Love it. I love it. And okay, one last thing. Do, sure. you, advise, do you advise these teachers to stick to edu-only accounts? And here's why I ask, you know, Twitter gets a bad rap because, you know, people talk about the trolls, the the cesspool of negativity, you know, the awful misogyny and racism, et cetera, et cetera. And honestly, I feel like if, if you just follow, if you stick in the education world and you follow only educators, it's a wonderful environment. It is. 
So how do you coach your your pre-service teachers on that? Sure. So I have them create uh, professional Twitter accounts. And I tell mm. them, because you're going to be using this as a teacher, this is not going to be what I had for breakfast or anything weird online. Right. Um, <laughs> and I tell them that, like, seriously, like, use this for educational awesomeness and education goodness. Um so I give them a list of hashtags that they can follow. And of course, you know, they branch out and go that go to like Cyberary Man's list of awesome hashtags. And that's awesome. You know, do that. Um, but I do tell them to keep their professional stuff public. People want to see what you're doing. So keep that public, but keep your personal stuff private. You can have a personality and be a professional at the same time, but don't be an extreme one way or the other. We just went really deep on Twitter and that was a lot of fun, but let's move on. Dr. Sam, how are you looking to grow professionally and improve your practice this year? Can you share about a specific professional goal or an area that you're working on? Absolutely. So I feel like each semester, I'm always learning something new from my students. Um, they always excite me and challenge me. Like two years ago, maybe it was three, I think it was two, I had a student show me the world of Bitmoji and I have loved it ever since. So oh my I goodness. Love, <laughs> yeah, I know. She's like, Dr. Fessich, you don't have a Bitmoji? And I was like, no. <laughs> so we, we created what I believe like the day after and it was just so much fun. And I've used it uh, now like on my emails and I've like done bitmojis like in class and like I've had students like tweet me or like tell me in person like they just love that I have my little bitmoji up. It just makes me more relatable. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's fun. But anywho, so a professional goal that I have is to try harder to reach students where they are. And pre-service teachers are using Snapchat like all the time. So I feel like I need to know this. And I know my students have told me probably about a half dozen times that I need Snapchat. And I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm just nervous, to be honest. I'm just nervous about it. I don't know what I'd snap about or like what I'd do with it. So I need I need someone to just sit down and be like, okay, Sam, this is how I use Snapchat. This is how we can use it for education. And this is how it can be edu awesome. So I really just want to harness the power of Snapchat for educational good, I guess. So if anyone has any ideas, let me know because I really want to try Snapchat. I think that's my goal for the spring semester to try it and see what happens. Worst case scenario, I totally fail and call my mom and, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that rubs then, up dirt then, on it, right? <laughs> yeah, then your dad gets on the line and get back in there. Get back in there, rub some dirt on it, you got this. <laughs> you know, I I dabbled in Snapchat and I didn't get it and that was maybe five years ago and I you've got me thinking again. I wonder if it's Come possible. with me, <laughs> dive into the tunnel with me, let's do this. On Snapchat, I feel like you're, you've got me wondering, back to our Twitter conversation, if it's possible to build an edu-only Snapchat because that would sort of keep out a lot of the tomfoolery or, or whatever, like like fun stuff, but you know, I don't have time for stuff that isn't really inspiring my practice. So yeah, that's, that's something I want to think about. Sam, outside of education, what's another area of learning for you? What is it that ignites your passions as a human being when you leave that college campus? Yeah, so I feel like this is a cop out, but this is the only thing that really spoke true to my heart whenever I saw this question. <sighs> I just love watching my daughter grow up and seeing her learn all these new things, trying out new words and like just learning things that I didn't know she knew. Uh, her receptive language, her expressive language, just just her becoming her own person is just so exciting. And I just I just truly love it. 
whether it's playing or, you know, coloring or making a craft or watching TV, just just learning who she is and seeing her become her own person. Um, she's becoming such a kind, loving, smart kid. I just love watching her grow up. It's just so much fun. She sounds adorable and absolutely. You know I, she is. <laughs> and then share about a personal habit, Dr. Sam, that contributes to your success. This could be some kind of a productivity hack or, or just a rule that you live by. What is it that works for you on a daily basis? Sure. Um, so my sister, Allie, on that, made a wooden sign for me and it's it's very simple it says wherever you are be there and it's like I said it sounds so simple but it's very hard to do sometimes so when I leave my office I leave my office and I try my best to leave my work at work um, so I can focus on family Um, like I said I have a two-year-old and just watching her grow up is amazing and spending time with my husband um, in the evening like we cook together Um, We relax, we play, we have fun, and we just enjoy each other. So I really try to be wherever I am to be all there and not be like segmented, like checking my phone, checking my emails, those types of things, because emails can wait till morning, but I'm not going to get this time back with summer. So I... I just really try to be all there. Sometimes, you know, there's emergencies and sometimes you can't help that and that's okay. Um, But I really try my best to do that. And it's hard, but I think it's good. Now, for some quick pick recommendations, Dr. Sam, we're interested here in the voices or the influences that you're listening to around the world of education. So we'll start at our beloved Twitter. Who do you recommend? And this must be a hard question, but is there someone that you've been inspired by lately that you would say we need to follow? Absolutely. And this was a hard question, but you know what? As soon as I read it, I'm like, oh, yes, I know one person who's amazing. And her name is Kristen Nan. And her handle is at N-A-N-K-R-1120. And Kristen is a mover and a shaker when it comes to education. She is so, so passionate about um, teaching and learning and being the best that she can for her th- for her third graders and students of all levels because she's been a virtual co-op for me for the past three or so years. And she just pours her heart into education and for students, um, no matter where they are in their educational journey. She recently came up to campus and we hosted a uh, mastery chat in my class where uh, my students co-moderated the chat and she was there sharing her story the next day and reflecting on the power of a PLN and that professional practice. And it was just, I got goosebumps every, I get, well, I honestly, I get goosebumps every time she talks because she is just exudes (laughs) passion and excitement. She's amazing. You need to follow her like right now. I will do that as soon as I get off this interview. (laughs) Look forward to checking out Kristen Nan. And then point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using in your classroom there at Grove City or one that you encourage your pre-service teachers to try. All right. So I chose one that I use um, every day at Grove City and it's Microsoft Teams. I feel that Microsoft is really on the cutting edge of providing options for students for accessibility. And Microsoft Teams is a place where I can post like, um, you know, all that stuff for classes, planning, organization, file sharing, like collaboration, all that stuff, their grades, feedback, 
But what's neat about it is it offers an accessibility option where you can have things read aloud to you. You can increase the contrast, the font size. Um, so it's fantastic for all learners and it levels that playing field. And it, you, that um, accessibility feature is called um, learning tools and it embeds so nicely in the Microsoft Teams where I do all of my file sharing and grades and feedback um, announcements, those types of things. So for um, my students who may have accommodations it, it can help them out there. And I just feel so passionate about that because we need to be able to be using tools that everyone can access. And I feel like Microsoft is doing a darn good job of really trying to create products that um, promote accessibility for all. Fantastic. Microsoft Teams, that's an app that I, or a platform that I keep hearing about. So I look for, I actually haven't even seen it yet. So Microsoft Teams, okay. It's out there. It's awesome. <laughs> now, besides the great edu magic, recommend a book that, that you've been reading lately, or maybe one of your all-time faves that you recommend to your students and tell us why you recommend it. Sure. So one book that I recommend to my students is Teach Like a Pirate by Dave Bridges. And mm -hmm. I feel like he gets a lot of shout outs. Um, it's just a fun read that's practical for them. It gives them um, encouragement and excitement and it just lights them on fire to be educators of excellence. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely. I finished that one this year and thoroughly enjoyed it. So I will second that, Teach Like a Pirate. Are you a podcast listener, Dr. Sam? And if so, recommend an education podcast that you enjoy and one that we could add to our commute. Absolutely. So totally put on House of Ed Tech with Chris Nessie. He is oh, yeah. hilarious and so much fun because what he does, like... You feel like you feel like you're on your morning commute with a friend, uh, or I do, um, <laughs> and um, it's just like totally geeking out about ed tech, um, tangible tips and strategies. Like he's like the real deal when it comes to integrating ed tech, and I think it's it's just so much fun to listen to him um, on my morning commute. Chris is an absolute master. He's got a couple of his own podcasts, and he produces others. I know, and he was gracious enough to connect with me early in this little passion project, Teachers on Fire. And so I'm going to add my voice to that one as Yay. well. That's the House of EdTech podcast. And last but not least, Dr. Sam, a non-education question. When you're at the end of your day and summer's in bed, is it summer? It's summer. Summer, and you've got no energy left to mark papers or connect with educators. What are you watching on Netflix right now? Okay, so I have an answer for Netflix and I have an answer for Hulu. So Netflix, <laughs> I just started House of Cards. I'm only on the first episode of the most of, I think it's like whatever the latest season in third or fourth. Sure. So please don't give me any spoilers. Okay. Um, so I'm only like 15 minutes into that because I'm more into the show on Hulu called Manifest. It's like mm. it's like if Lost and Heroes had a baby, it would be Manifest. And I am totally loving it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have not seen Manifest, but I love House of Cards. It's got to be in my top five all time yes. series. What are the best ways for people to follow you, Dr. Sam, and get to know more of that great content coming out of Edumagic Central? Yay. So, yeah, so you can follow me on all the social media, Twitter, um, at sfessage, um, blog, or my website is um, sfessage.com. Can you see the theme here? Instagram, guess what? At sfessage. Uh, so, like, Pretty much on any social media platform, it's S-Fessage. Um, also on Voxer, so we need to connect on there and, and, and chat. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Sounds good, Dr. Sam. Hey, you are a spark plug. You're amazing. And this was so much fun. We kind of geeked out on Twitter and some other topics. (laughs) Totally had a blast. Forgot we were actually doing an interview. So, (laughs) and not the best ones, though. That's so much fun. So good. Just like your students, you forget that what they're doing actually counts for marks. I know. Thank you so much for sharing your time and insights with the podcast today. Take care, Dr. Sam, and let's talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Teachers on Fire, where teachers come to share, learn, and be inspired. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Teachers on Fire. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, saying goodbye for now, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast.